0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Real Estate Session Rewind. We're headed back to October 2020 and episode 255 with Jeff Lobb. Jeff is the founder and CEO of Spark Tank Media. Jeff's also a good friend. I think you're going to enjoy this episode quite a bit. We'll be back with a
1: fresh episode of the Real Estate Sessions next week. Enjoy. Trying to get people to do the right activities, which is the critical part of this business, is hard and it's not consistent. So that's where a lot of my time is being spent. Since we're not on a lot of stages, we're on these virtual stages. It's spent on how to try and get into their mindset of, I'm not going to try and rah-rah you into being feeling motivated. I want you to figure out what are the two things you need to change to make you more money and more productive. And let's work on that.
0: You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. I'm Bill Risser, General Manager of U.S. Operations for Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform allowing you to leverage the power of your verified reviews. Listen in as I interview leaders in the industry, getting their backstories and their journey to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 256 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. And Today, speaking of friends, I get to talk to a friend. It's somebody that I haven't had a chance to chat with for a, for a while. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, I'm talking about Jeff Lobb. He's the CEO and founder of Spark Tank Media. He also has Coach 52 running now, which is a great way for him to, to help other people in the industry, whether it's uh, title lenders or realtors, be better with technology and systems and sales. Uh, very excited to talk to Jeff. So Let's get it started. Jeff, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks so much, Bill. Appreciate you having me.
0: Now, look, I'm going to be honest with the audience. I'm very transparent. I've (laughs) wanted to have you on the show for a really long time. And there was a reason
1: I couldn't interview you on the show. Do you want to share that reason? Sure. Uh, You know, it's been a challenge for me, too, because I really love what you're doing. And we've had a bit of a conflict with our past, you know, with your past business. And um, I do some work exclusively with WFG Title. And there's a little bit of a head bump there with who you were working with in the past. And respectfully, we just kind of kept that distance. Yet we saw each other how many times at events and hung out and had plenty of beers together. And we just couldn't do this.
0: I'm yeah. very excited to do this today. This is yeah. going to be a lot of fun. First of all, I know you might be the most Jersey guy I know. Is that a, is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm Jersey deep. Um born and raised, bounced around a few different places. But, you know, I think so many people have a, a weird misinterpretation of the state, you know, it's the damn TV and the reality stuff they watch. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I've been around the state. Look, I was born and raised in Elizabeth, New Jersey. That was like the core city streets we had. And I was just showing this to my kids, because sometimes they need a dose of reality sometimes too, about life and being spoiled sometimes. And You know, I, I took, um, a couple of years ago, I took the kids, we were down in an area where a restaurant that I used to love to go in Elizabeth and I drove them by our house. Now my house was like a row house, right? We had no backyard. It was a postage stamp of a garden. So when the kids, when I drove by and the kids looked at it, they're like, oh my God, dad, where's the house? I go, no, that's it. The skinny thing. That's the house. And they're like, well, where did you play? And I'm like, you're you're looking at it in the street. Like we played kick the can, we played stick ball, and we rode our bikes until it was dark. That's all we had, right? So when they're looking at it now, there's, you know, here we are sitting in Sussex County, which is very rural. It looks like you're in a different world, you know, from a New Jersey standpoint. And, you know, we're sitting on six acres and everyone around us has farms and the kids have all this area and space. They just sometimes need to realize that not everyone evolves to this stuff, you know? Um, it takes a lot of hard work and and time, but I've been from the Elizabeth to what we called suburbia, which was Roselle Park. Um, okay. I graduated high school there, spent most of my high school years, went to college at Kane University, and my parents went down the Jersey Shore to the waterfront living lifestyle. I enjoyed some of that in my college years, but I was a workaholic and didn't see a lot of it. And then I wanted more land. I'm an outdoorsy guy. I wanted yeah. more rural. Headed out the Sussex County, and here I am for years.
0: Yeah, I know. I know you like to hunt and fish, and there's a whole side of Jeff Lobb that I don't think people really realize when they're seeing you in your suit on stage doing a presentation.
1: That's right, they don't, and they don't realize <laughs> you know the depth of you know the, the kids, the hunting, the fishing, the sports, the coaching, yeah. all that stuff. Um, yeah. It's a crazy life.
0: <laughs> super, it's super cool. Yeah. So I, I what I'll say to anybody who uh, if you if you run into Jeff at a conference. He's really a nice guy. If you say, hey, let's get a beer and and just start talking about life, uh, you'll have a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, I got I I think I know the answer to these, but let's put it out there for the for everyone to hear. Giants or Jets? Giants. Yeah, I would think so. Jersey. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yankees, Mets. Always Yankees. Wow. Interesting. Uh, Knicks, Nets.
1: So that's a weird one. Um, I'm going a little back younger years. I'm going to say it was probably Nets, Nets. Yeah. And always the devils, right? I mean, for hockey? You know, I'm not a hockey fan though, but it would be the devils. Yes. But I'm not a hockey okay. fan. Like I can't get into hockey for some reason, just never had the time or energy. And I've even lost it in a lot of baseball too. It's like kind of phased. It's gotten too slow for me to watch. Yeah.
0: Your kids play a lot of sports. What What are the sports that you're uh, you're heavily involved in? You still have to talk about coaching and you know, with your children and everything.
1: Still am right now. Yeah. Um, so years, years ago, prior to our, in our market, it was always football. Um, so I've coached them right my son up through the high school into college, but then lacrosse came into our world and we went deeper into lacrosse, which is now our passion for most. But I've got kids playing basketball and all sorts of stuff too. But lacrosse right now is it. Yeah.
0: That's the one. Yeah, yeah. I know we've talked about that. Some tough injuries
1: um in that yeah, game. You were, yeah, <sighs> you were gonna you, my son down by you playing my son is uh torn, um, uh, my older son playing college ball now at Miss Accordia. Three ACLs, three ACLs oh. and an ACL in there. Yeah, three different years. He's a uh, man. i tell you, this kid has a heart of gold. He's out there grinding every day. He loves the sport, though. He's going back every yeah. time. He's wow, he powers, that's great. Through, powers through. And then I got three younger ones in that sport, um, which I'm now coaching at third and fourth grade levels, which is kind of fun. Wow. Did you ever play? No, never played. I yeah. was a football kid. Yeah. I was a football kid. Yeah,
0: that's true. Well, I there's was- there's some components to teamwork and there's passing and there's uh, working, you know, there's all kinds of things that all work together. So, yeah, that's great. I love that. I don't think real estate was your first career. I think you went another direction first, right? So, what'd you do right away? What was your first gig? What were you? I can't imagine you weren't in sales of some kind because that kind of yeah. is who you are.
1: Yeah. That's true. And I'll tell you, it really started uh, like unofficially at age 10 in Elizabeth, New Jersey, where my dad, you know, everyone looks at Elizabeth too, as they see the Sopranos. Right. So a lot of that stuff mm. is very, very real. I mean, I grew up in that world um, as a kid. Can I, I can I ask you a
0: question? Do, do you yeah. know connected guys? Yeah. Can, are First, you allowed to say
1: that? <laughs> I, I can, I can. I just okay, won't. The names, <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that there's a bunch that I used to even work for that are, you know, in um, they're doing time. They're doing time. Okay. Um, but here's, here's the good news. You know, my dad, um, very blue collar uh, worker through the, the phone company days, very handy guy can fix almost anything. You know, he was kind of like their go to guy to fix stuff, you know, and the, the smartest thing he did is I, I was at age 10 working at the fruit market, the open fruit market. And what I didn't realize and I started to learn a lot is that's where a lot of, you know, businesses evolved from stuff that came in from the ports and all this good stuff. Um, so I learned how to sell age 10. I was like stacking fruits and selling, you know, tomatoes, you know, three for a dollar, 10 for a dollar, this. And I'm just yelling to, to where even the Italian Portuguese culture that was there. Um, I'll never forget some of the, the grandmotherly like figures yelling at my mother. Why you make a him work? He's 10 years old. And my mom's like, I never make a him work. He wants to work. I wanted to buy a bicycle. That's what I wanted. I didn't have a bicycle. Didn't have money for a bicycle. I bought my own bicycle. Um, So I did. That's where it evolved. But sales was kind of in my thing. And as I went through college, I was working full time through whether it was a liquor store or working for a caterer. But my real role started when I got my real estate license in 1987, 88. And my first role, just before I kind of got started, literally my first like year, the guy I ran into that was at that office introduced me to his son-in-law, which was in the um, media radio show business um interestingly enough and i'll, I'll if i can say it on the air he's he's not um doing the business anymore but it was called the dick miller show based out of new jersey but in saint martin was the show he was it was a tourist destination okay he hired me as a sales guy to um in between my college schedules now to fly to saint martin with him of course and his wife they were um in the show um in the show business uh, business for years and i stayed at their place in their guest cottage on saint martin for about a week sell then fly home. And I did it during my summer months of college. And then once college started, you know, I was kind of into this sales mode and we we ended up taking his, the Dick Miller show from um, St. Martin to Aruba. We launched it on Aruba and I helped him do that with, from a sales capacity where I put my college schedule into a day and a half, like all day Monday until 10 o'clock at night, Tuesday, I've got done at noon and I'd fly out like either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, to Aruba or St. Martin for three or four days, five days. And I would sell. and I did it every other week. It wasn't every week. It was like every other week or once or twice a month, commission-based, you know, small money up front, um, knocking on doors and businesses in in an island where the only communication we had because cell phones weren't really there was the fax machine. So I'd be landing on, on on the island of Aruba go to the casino where he had me set up with one of the general managers and I'd wait for a fax to give me my, like, what am I going to do that week and who do I need to talk to? And wow. Uh, Facts. Like that was our communication. Um, That's great. By myself flying solo, man. It, and people were like, Oh my God, you worked in the Caribbean. It must've been great. I knew nobody. I had no friends down there. I worked just day to night to find a place to sleep and then to do it again. You know. There was no like sitting on a beach, hanging out.
0: Right. Uh, talk about, talk about, um, learning though, how to sell. I mean, oh, you man. were on your own. Yeah. You I was on own.
1: Solo. And occasionally yeah. they would join up with us to tag team on stuff, but you know, he was trying to put the show on out of New Jersey. See, he, he would even send the technology was funny. He'd record it here in the, in New Jersey and he'd fly it down on the plane with me. The, the, the tapes they were, right. and I would drop them off at the radio station cause they were prerecorded. Um, but we did, you know, look, it was fun. I I got to fly a lot. I learned a lot. Um, But it tied right into my real estate space because when Desert Storm came in, you know, the tourism went to nothing. So there wasn't many people flying. So right back to my real estate career where I really started full time, looked like Doogie Hauser in a gold jacket. I was a Center 21 guy. And my brokers were amazing. They helped me learn investment properties. I knocked on doors. And... You know, to come full circle, here's an interesting thing. One of the guys I prospected with back then, and I learned a lot because I realized that if you sit around and wait for the phone to ring, which a lot of people just did, they sat floor time and waited for the phone to ring. I realized that they were answering the calls of my listings that I was out getting and they were getting my business. I'm like, why are you going to show my house when it's my listing? Well, ah, someone called in. So I went and prospected, knocked on doors. I had a farm area very strategically. And I rose very quickly in the ranks of sales because I was just out doing the work and knew no better. So funny story is one of the guys I partnered with in my mailings and my farming, um, his name was Norman, big guy too. And I was like this short little guy. So it was kind of like mutton Jeff. Here we are. He just reached out to me this past year. I haven't seen him in probably 40 some years, like no, 30 some years. Um, yeah. And we're going to be reconnecting hopefully soon. Like we, he just reached out. We found me on Facebook and I can't wait to see him. His kids are like in the thirties already. So we're going to be reconnecting with the guy I started in real estate with as like my, my farming partner.
0: You, you became connected with Exit Realty yeah. and uh, that's a very interesting company. They've got a cool model that I don't think anyone else has really come close to, right?
1: Or, or, or yeah, no, maybe EXP, but I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, the EXP the model is, um, is evolved. The KW models evolved. So I spent, I don't know, 18 some odd years in the real estate space. Um, and then I started looking at franchise models and I was at Remax at the time prior running a team, my team and doing my thing. And at the time, that was the only model that really made sense for entrepreneurs um, in that particular timeframe. And then exit came around and we, we first mocked at it. We joked about it like, uh, and then we got closer looking at it and it was inno- super innovative for that time frame. So I ended up buying franchises. You know, I got into the franchise business and uh, bought and ran brokerages. At one point, I think we had four, maybe even five. Some partnerships didn't work out so well, but I was producing two. And then fortunately, I got recognized um, for some of the things we were doing at a corporate level and a regional level. And not shortly after, became a trainer for the company, then evolved into a, a higher level tech thing, and then became the vice president of you know, technology and marketing for corporate international, which the time, I think we, in North America, we had about probably four to 500 offices nationwide. And we went to 800 during my tenure there and um, spent a lot of time out on the road, helping people, technology, I got put into a tech box. And I think you know that, but unfortunately my gift was not just about tech. It was about how do I use tech in the real estate business to help me make money? So underneath it all, it was really sales. But tech, because tech was so buzzy, like, oh, you got an iPad and here's an app. It's great. It was buzzy. But really, how did I use it to make money was the gift. So that's kind of the direction I went with the model of what I was doing for the company. Right. And when you say
0: we, it was you and Tiffany, right? I mean, because Tiffany was a a broker with Exit, correct?
1: Yeah. So funny, I met Tiffany in real estate. Um, She was a newbie agent coming in. Actually, I met her at REMAX. Um, the Remax brokerage we were working at at one point flipped over and converted to an exit prior to me buying franchises. So yeah, I met her in the real estate business. We worked together as like a part of our team. She was the nice. back end marketing person and the one that did all my branding. She had the gift of creation and making things, making my stuff look pretty. Um, and then I was more of the sales rainmaker out just doing the biz. So that's where we met. Yeah. Um, awesome. But yeah, I took the corporate role while she stayed in the brokerage business at that time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think there had to be some, there's some power in that, right? Because I mean, you're getting the day to day, what's going on at broker land, as opposed yeah. to maybe someone who's at a corporate level who doesn't really connect. That's
1: true. As and, <laughs> yeah. We still have to understand that, you know, the personalities are different. Her way of running a brokerage is different than my way. Not that it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. She's, a, she's a very. Oh no, uh, sh- she's right. She's right. She right. Oh, of course she's right. <laughs> You know, know, she's an amazing operator, right? And I was an amazing, um, from the sales end and the, the lead generation end. Her world today still runs a brokerage. You know, I have no involvement in running a brokerage. I'm just out there speaking, training, coaching, doing all that stuff. And I had to truly unaffiliate with brands and brokerage because I'll never forget, I don't blame them. My license always stays active. It's my backup plan to life, right? I've had a license since 88, But I was forced my very first year breaking off on my own. I was hired by a large brand to go speak at their convention. And I was like, that's great. And that large brand, thank God someone actually is doing their work and vetting people. They're like, hey, we noticed your license is still active. And I'm like, of course, my license is active. They're like, well, you can't come onto our stage with an active license at a brand. It needs to be in some referral form. And I'm like, you know what? That's smart. I never thought of it that way. I was so busy trying to build and start my own company. So I went to referral from that point on because brands will look at you differently. Like I wouldn't invite a competing brand person to speak on my stage. I get it. So I became a neutral universe to all brands once I launched and parted my uh, transition from exit to my own company.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about your own company, Spark Tank Media. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about what you're doing there, um, how the... It really has evolved, right? Over the last five, six years, I think is that kind of the right time frame. It is. About uh, right.
1: let's, yes. let's talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, I guess a lot of frustrations watching things happen in, in the corporate world um, of the real estate business, and you know, I think some people are trying to build things. Some people are trying. To, it was. It was all kind of crazy about what direction this technology and marketing going. So when I parted ways, I felt I found a need to help. First of all, I guess initially started the first year as a media company to help people. Um, from a consult standpoint, what systems do I need to bring into my brands? How do I get people to adopt? Um, just how do I help agents increase productivity? And we went down that path with some large corporate clients and it gave me a lot of speaking opportunities too. So I was getting some notoriety, if you will, out speaking. And I think it also opened up a lot of doors because I was being asked to speak, um, at events, but because I was with an, I was an executive of a brand, um, I couldn't, I, I honestly, I couldn't say, it. I mean, people would see me speak at a, at an event. And I think it was, let's say it was a call banker. Um, managers. Like, Hey man, I would love for you to come talk to our agents, but I, I couldn't, I was an executive of a brand. Right. So, um, this opened some doors, but you know, the speaking world is a, is a great world to generate an audience to help deliver value, a bigger scale, but you have to weigh out, you know, is it really big enough to make a living at? Um, and it's a big part of what we do now, but it's, you know, to just run around from event to event to event to event and speak is a whole different model. Yeah. So we ran fast and furious to build reputation and to build, you know, from an association to a brand. And what am I going to deliver that's different? And how do I get outside the tech box and let people know I'm about sales and marketing? Like tech, you'll just integrate on how I do it better and smarter. But we evolved. and turns out that um, I acquired and got connected to a few large partners of mine. One of them was WFG, which you know is a title company, um, Mm -hmm. helped me expand my horizons from real, it's still real estate based. Um, We work with them on sales coaching, sales strategies, help them with their client base. And we even help their clients build their businesses from an entrepreneur standpoint. I chose, okay, one title company on a national scale is plenty for me, right? Let's, why do I need three or four? When others were asking me, I just didn't want to, I felt awkward, you know, with competing brands. How do I help this one and help this one and be fair? Um, I stuck with one and I also was introduced and very grateful still to this day as a huge partner of theirs. Uh, Family First Funding is a mortgage partner of ours from day one, Jersey based, expanded into 30, 40 states. Um, since we started with them i mean they've done an amazing job of going from you know x amount of millions of dollars in revenue monthly or annually to now hitting over a billion dollars in a five-year window um, this year they've blown past a billion at about seven months in and we've helped them grow with their real estate audience to attract them to the loan officer world right. and also exclusive there too i said listen guys i don't need to have five other banks and I, these these are the most um ultimate leadership guys I've seen in the business bar none. They're probably one of the nicest teams I've met. It's it's several gentlemen and and a, and a woman. And they're the type of people where I don't need to speak to their people to get to their people to get to their people. I can just set up a call. I can go down and meet them at their home. I can meet them at a restaurant and we can talk. And yeah. leadership like that is hard to find. Yeah, so
0: that's a, that's a big deal.
1: It is. And that's how they, and they truly, that name family first is truly their core right down to their own families and their own children. Um, That's what they really value, which is pretty amazing. So it was right up my, my culture. So we partner with them and turns out the real estate space shifted with a different need. And that need was, Hey, Jeff, listen, can I just hire you to coach me or coach my team on all this stuff? Because either I need to stay ahead of the curve or I want to double my, triple my production. So the ask was good. And I said, okay, let's start. So I started there on a one-on-one capacity, me and them. And it was very specific, not your typical coaching model. It wasn't like, you know, here's the 10 things we're gonna do. It's gonna be let's talk about what you need. You know, and I think the the 30 some odd years of having as an agent, I've been a team, I've run brokerages, I've made a lot of mistakes, I've gotten burnt a lot, I've made a lot of money. So how do we take all that experience? And now help those groups out. So it's very strategic. It's a conversation saying, What's your challenges? Do I need to hire? Do I need to recruit? Is it my agents want to do more production? Is it systems? So we've started doing that. And then as that evolved, it picked up by just referral. I didn't promote it, people just started recommending me. But guess what? That's not scalable. That yeah.
0: <laughs> not, I, not for I, one person, person. No,
1: no. And I'll, and I'll tell you um, one of the the people that helped me kind of go down this path and we all know him very well. And I, I give him a lot of credits for these conversations early on. Uh, many of you know, Tom Ferry and Tom and I were in a really cool place. You know, it's hard to like, you know, the different when you're traveling at these events, it's hard to get people's time. I'm being yeah. pulled in a direction. You're being pulled in a direction. Everyone wants to get a piece of dinner or breakfast with you. So, you know, I had known Tom for a long time. I've watched him grow into multi-million dollar companies. And we were out speaking at an event. I think it was like Maui, like for a regional event in Hawaii. Fantastic place. I never knew he was like born and raised out there. And um, he's like, dude, we finally got some time. Let me take you to dinner. I'm like, awesome, let's go. So we're, you know, bottle of sake in and, you know, we're having some fun And we were just talking about the coaching model. And he was like, dude, like, I'll just tell you what I do. He's not afraid to share what he does. Like, he's a pretty open guy. And he just like, you know, has the coaching, like hire coaches. And and I kept fighting him on it a little bit. Like, I just don't believe I can hire people that have the same mindset as me, maybe strategy wise, and just call them a coach and then send them with my clients. I'm not sure their depth of knowledge. And I'm not saying it doesn't work. A lot of companies have that model and it does work. I just didn't think it was for me. So I just said, okay, I got to find a way to scale this that has the same messaging, the same experience, and the same mindset that I have, but I can't just do it all myself. How do I scale? So we built a platform called Coach 52, which was at least a, a brainchild of, I can put this into an on-demand 52-week system. Once a week, they can get messaging from me, my strategies, my ideas, not the saying it's all perfect or right. It's just I know that they're created by me, right? So. I wanted something also for brokers to say, how do I add value to my agents? How do I help use it as a recruiting tool? How do I, how do I get to stay ahead of the curve so I can compete? And I wanted to use it as a typical um, brokerage product, although it has evolved into a team product or maybe even an agent that wants it solo. I wanted to be able to deliver that message to them on a weekly basis. And the only way I could do that at scale is do it as an on-demand video platform. Yeah, so what,
0: used a system, right, to create the scale. Which, system. Which is what you you talk about that all the time. I mean, it, it, to, to other people. I mean, how do you use these systems and pieces of technology to right. uh, help your business grow? Yeah,
1: And and look, is it, you know, does that fix the word? Does that fix the problem of adoption? No. Like I've got some clients that mm. might have 250 agents that have purchased the product, but all 250 are not going to use it. <laughs> like I even said to them, don't yeah. even offer it to them. Offer to like yeah. the 10, 20, 40, 50 people that said, you know what? I really want to do this. I'm committed to it. Sign me up. Because you know the real estate business. Not everyone's going to perform and produce. Yeah, I do know that.
0: <laughs> that is part of the game. I mean, I, look, I have. I, I can't let you get away. Because whenever I'm, I go to a conference and you're speaking, I'm usually in the audience. You see me you there. Are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like up, I like picking I like... I love picking up new things from you. And so I'm going to ask you to share a little bit of that with us today. So I'll put you on the spot a little bit, but um, sure. it's okay. how about let's go with, when you go to a conference, mm-hmm. those education directors like to kind of pick the topic for you or they, they request a certain thing. What's the number one requested topic for you?
1: Um, the number one requested topic by most always ends up in a tech category somehow. Um, it's either tech and systems, um, social media was a big buzz for many years. And I think the way I've tried to shape it out is sometimes, um, the leadership knows what they want, but they're not really exactly sure. So I try and help them mold it into this. And I'll try and say, listen, what's the biggest need of your organization? And they might just be like, well, they just don't know how to use these products. And I said, well, I'm not going to get up there and teach them like how to use anything like step by step by step. Not what I'm going to do. You can't do it that from a keynote or from a, from a breakout session. No, can't. You got different levels, different mentalities. And what I can tell you though, is what I could do is I can get up there and talk about sales strategies that use those tools. Like how would I use Facebook to possibly find out about people's life events that might turn into a listing appointment? How would I use my Facebook business page as a prospecting tool? Like all the stuff you have access to how can you use it in a sales and marketing way that now lets you use the product and turn it hopefully into an opportunity to make money? Yeah. And that's where I evolve it. What's
0: your favorite topic? You have to have, there's one where you go, yeah, this is great. Uh, for, I'll tell you, like, I'll, I'll give you a, it's, mine's weird right now. It's, hey, it's the weirdest thing, right? <clears throat> RPR mobile. Yeah. I think it's so underutilized and I'll, I'll just, I love showing people all the things it can do. Yes. So for you, what's that thing?
1: You know, I still think it's the um the creative use of social media in sales. It's still the cre- like the the two or three major platforms, like people get so hung up on how to just use it and I'm like, "Listen, I don't want you to be like an Instagram guru. I just want you to know how to use it in a way that's going to get you like three more calls or three more appointments." So, I think it's just being able to unwrap and unpackage it. Um but I'll tell you, the other thing that's evolving very quickly right now, and we're talking a lot more about it because social, not that social gets played out, but we've had it a long enough time. Strategies still work, um, but we're now we're talking a lot about taking, using systems to generate more, being more productive. Um, and I, it goes back to one of the, the books that we're reading in one of our masterminds, um, even with like WFG, um, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits talks about like, you know, what's that 1% you could change? And my goal is to try and get people to change small things. And it's not just so much like, oh, I'm going to make one more call a day or I'm going to, we turned out, it turns out that like, what's the 1% of your life you could change? Because everyone comes to me with all these massive goals. Like I want to triple my sales. And I'm like, that plan is so far overwhelming. You're never going to do any of it. So when I throw people back and go, what's the one, can you do 1%? Can you change 1%? And they're like, of course, that sounds easy okay, really? Let's go. What's the one thing you could do differently every day? And when I take 1% and I've taken it out of the box, what's 1% of your day? It's 15 minutes. It's less than that. It's like 14 and change. If I gave you 14 or 15 minutes of your day unconditionally to do something, to change your life or to change your business, what would you do with it? Now it might be, you know what? I'm going to plan a little bit better. You know what, Jeff? Um, the biggest challenge in Coach Fifty Two—we track your goal. Like, how do you increase something you can't track? So I try and get people to actually work on their business as a business, to work on it, not just in it. Because so many agents are running like by the seat of their pants every day, not even sure what their day looks like, other than the fires that get thrown at them. And. Yep it goes beyond real estate. It's helping the mortgage guys. It's helping the title. I'm even getting entrepreneurs coming from another area going, Hey, can you talk about that with us? And it's a part of how business is shifting because we're lacking focus. We're, we're being very distracted. We're in a very emotional world right now. So trying to get people to do the right activities, which is the critical part of this business is hard and it's not consistent. So that's where a lot of my time is being spent. Since we're not on a lot of stages, we're on these virtual stages. It's spent on how to try and get into their mindset of, I'm not going to try and rah-rah you into being feeling motivated. I want you to figure out what are the two things you need to change to make you more money and more productive. And let's work on that. One of the things I
0: always love about your presentation is there's always somewhere you're working in some apps. Because I think yeah. you and I are kind of alike in it. It's always like you hear something new, you grab it, you play with it, you figure it out or someone yeah. shares it with you, you know, online. Do you have a couple, a couple right now that, you know, you wouldn't mind sharing for the for the listeners?
1: Not at all. Um, you know, and and apps are always good. You know, there was such a big buzz in apps when when the iPads evolved like that. But some of my favorite, um, so I'll tell you my newest one and it's not even just an app, it's a platform. And I would love to even share it here is uh, Community. Have you heard of Community? Hmm. Okay. I have not. So. This was like a this was like a Gary V back in the early days of evolving in text messaging, and um, I, when I had a chance to chat with him at the event, we spoke at down in um, Miami. We mm-hmm. uh, he did the age in twenty twenty one. I was honored to be one of his guest speakers, um, and we finally got a little chance to chat backstage. And we were talking about some stuff coming up. He's like, "Oh, you got to check out this this company coming up called Community. It was starting right. So basically, it's a, it's a platform where." Right now, if I want to communicate with our coaching clients, I've got to send out like bulk text, like to, or, or email, right? And mm-hmm. it's bulk; it's not. It's hard to have two way communication on that and connect. So, what community does is, um, it's an app based platform that allows you to invite people in. It's by invite only, by text to be part of my community, and I could categorize them by these are my people from events, these are groups from coaching, and. It, it's an app that manages all of the text communications, which also can include video. And it's a, it's a platform to communicate and go deeper. So I can create groups in text, but it's different. They're opting in. I'm not just blasting out and they've got a lot of other feature sets, but it took me a while. I had to go on the waiting list for like God knows how long. And finally I was given the invite to come in. So, um, I'm sure that might loosen up as they, maybe they're just trying to figure out how to scale and everything else, um, sure. but it's an app-based platform and we're just starting to launch it. As a matter of fact, let me give, can I give out my number, my text number? Cause it's, that's the whole thing is promote it in social, promote it everywhere. So, Absolutely. If you guys want to connect with me and text me and have direct access? 973-310-7815. Just a regular old number. But it comes into our core community group where we can talk, ask questions, share ideas, um, and it's different than just some spam coming into my regular phone, right? Great. So, um, so that's one. Uh, my other favorite is maybe not so much techie, but you know, I am not a big reader of books where I have to read every page. I love reading ideas and strategies. I do read a lot, um, but I don't consume information that way. My personality is too. Um, ADD, if you will. So I've always been the um, Cliff Note guy from school when Cliff Notes were around. Remember those little Cliff Notes? Sure. So me, the way I kind of help me absorb ideas in books is with the app Blinkist. Um, I use Blinkist quite a bit. I even pay for the pro, which is like 80 bucks. And it gives me the audio version of it. And I can listen to it on planes and everywhere. So that app is one of my favorites to consume information. I've spent I've been spending a lot of time that people don't know about on TikTok. Mm. And I'm watching a lot of things evolve. Um, while I'm not spending my time delivering content there. I am watching to see where things go. And of course, the intimidation of starting a channel there with the possibility of it being shut down, I hesitated to deliver content there. I'd rather do it on in Instagram because I know it's not going anywhere. But I think it's gonna stick around TikTok. But I'm watching the channels of now, sales opportunities happen. There's people that are in there talking about stock. There's some people in there talking about strategy in between Mm -hmm. the stuff and the crazy stuff. I'm watching some professionals come into the space, some doctors, some chiropractors, golf
0: professionals. I I can't tell you how many golf tips I've picked up and I'm following.
1: Yes. And (laughs) yeah, um, I don't, usually I'm not a hesitator. Usually I'm all in real quick and deep. But I only hesitated because I really just would have killed me to spend all that time and have it just removed. Um, But also I'm watching things and algorithms change where, you know, uh, people are just being deleted and people are being blocked. And I'm not so sure of the confidence of the company yet, but I'm becoming a fan of the content, the good content. There's a lot of crazy stuff. And I'll be honest, if you ever need to just zone out, you can just do some searching in there and find some stuff that'll make you laugh. And like a lot of political stuff in there now, of course, with all this going on, but I'm paying a lot more attention to TikTok as a platform that's going to evolve. And I'm questioning, will Reels, the competitor to it on Instagram, will that actually take off? And I think if there's a, um, an opportunity to be first in, and I've already done some stuff with Reels, I just need more time on reels. I need 60 seconds instead of like 15 seconds to deliver messaging. Yeah. But I like the short video snippet of data because that's how I can consume it. Yeah. So so that's where I'm watching. I'm spending some time. And I know, look, Gary Vee and these guys talked about it two years ago, three years ago, way ahead of the curve. But I wasn't sold on it yet.
0: I'm right. starting to get well, sold he, on it now. I think, I think Snapchat was kind of had that same feel. When yeah. it first came out, and we thought it was going to be there. And it's just never really kind of developed into what... It, could have been no. but you but you can't ignore them. You got to you got to pay no. attention.
1: Yeah, no, I mean the majority right. of my kids are I mean that's all they're using. They don't use text. It's all snap and um yeah. I still I still think it's a little silly in the communication platform, but if look, if your clients are using it, here's the beauty of anything. People always ask yeah. me all the time, where should I spend my time? What platform? The answer is I don't know. Where are your customers? Right now, my core clients, which is where I spend my time and maybe yours too, Facebook and Instagram. That's it. Um, is it evolving? Sure. But when they really move at an 80% scale and move to a different platform, I am with you. I'll probably be ahead of you there, but why would I want to waste my time unless my audience is there, unless I want to do it for fun yeah. or as a hobby. So my audience has to be there first. So not that I'm not adopting TikTok, it's just my a big enough audience isn't there for me just yet. And can I build yeah. it? Yes. But right now my time is consumed where 80% of my audience is now.
0: Hey Jeff, I'm I'm looking at the clock and I, I I got you right in the middle of the day as we were recording this. So let's go ahead and I'm gonna wrap it up with that same question I've asked every guest. And that is what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started?
1: Good question. New agent, and it probably applies to even agents that aren't new, but I'll stick with new. So many new agents get caught up on trying to learn everything and be confident in everything and study everything to feel Like I know all this stuff and here's the answer. You're not going to know all this stuff. You probably never will in 20 or 30 years. They need to focus on get the core stuff you need out of the way. So you understand how to write a contract and the laws and how to be ethical. But the sales end of this, you need to find, and this is my number. You need to find at least seven streams of networks and people to connect with because the business, and if you realize this, you are not in the real estate business. You are in the people business. The product is real estate, right? What you sell is trust. So, if you can focus on how do I find more people to talk to that will like and trust me, I can now grow my real estate business. And most agents don't spend the time finding new people to talk to. They're intimidated, there's fear, there's insecurities, there's anxiety, but that is the whole business more people, more opportunities focus there. Love that answer. Awesome.
0: Jeff, if somebody wants to reach out to you, you mentioned for the community app, but what's, what are the other ways to reach you?
1: Um, really simple. You can Facebook message me, um, Jeff at sparktankmedia.com, Jeff at coach52.com. Just Google me. <laughs> it's easy enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whatever's best uh, for your communication channel. And uh, if you have any questions, I'd love to speak to anybody that has some challenges in their world. Look, give Tiffany
0: a hug for me. It's been forever since we had a chance to see each other, right? With w- what we're going through in 2020, one day we'll be back someplace uh, all together again. But I really appreciate your time today. Of course, you delivered. I had no doubt. And and like <laughs> I apologize that you're number 256,
1: uh, <laughs> my <I'm like>, guest. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a long time waiting patiently. That I chomped sure. at the bit to be on your your show. Yeah. Um, well,
0: thank you so much I'm for good.
1: your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate
0: it. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. To leave a review or rating, go to ratethispodcast.com/re-sessions. You can also subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. Finally, you can go to the com and subscribe to our email newsletter and be notified whenever a new episode is released.